irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to Jenny's Real Talk on the Block with Jennifer DeVoe, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome all you entertainment holics out there in Radio Land. It is time yet again for another thrilling, exciting installment of, you guessed it, Jenny's Real Talk on the Block. Coming at you live each and every Wednesday afternoon from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And that would be 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time out on the East Coast. Uh, We are also syndicated on uh, iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Sonos, Google Play, Amazon Alexa, Podbean, and Spotify. And soon to be on Deezer, whatever the hell that is. (laughs) Uh, I don't know, whatever. I just just put us on whatever the hell's out there. All of it. That doesn't cost us that much money. All of there it. or cost us the least amount of money possible. So I figure if we put if I put us on Spreaker and that costs us thirty five a month, mm-hmm. that puts us out on like fifteen different damn things. Well, then it's worth the money. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. it's putting you on Spotify and Deezer and all that stuff. You know, what this I mean? and that. Yeah, iHeartRadio, all that know, stuff. A whole so, bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Right. So I mean, it's, it's worth the money. My wife's a freaking genius, y'all. Y'all don't get it. And it pays to get that, what, 30, 40% discount off they offered me. Yeah. Because they want you to keep getting the bigger package. Oh. So, like, you start off with a $5 a month package, but that barely gets you any, like, recording space. Mm-hmm. And you can only record up to, like, 45 minutes a day or some bullshit. Oh, shit. And it's just dumb. So, like, then you're like, oh, Jesus, okay, I need to get the $20 package. But but then, but then when you get the $5 package, they offer you a discount. Hey, we'll offer you 30% off, and you can get the... $20 package now for 15 or something, mm. you know what I mean? Or right, whatever right. it is. Yeah. They always offer some kind of discount. And then you have that one, and then they're like, no, we need to offer you to get the broadcaster package. And that's going to be like, it's $50 a month normally, but they give you the discount, so I got it for 35 a month. Oh, all <laughs> right. It's worth it. Yeah. I'm telling yeah. you, look for discounts. Coupons are, you know, a good, are a good thing. I know a lot, there's a lot of Americans that are lazy as fuck and don't want to and don't want to be bothered with coupons, but we know a few. But couponing can actually give you back money. I saw a TV TV show. There's TV shows about it. All Extreme right. couponing and stuff. <laughs> anyway, just like a full-time thing gig. That's just crazy. Kinda. Well, I'm I'm just saying that's that's for housewives that want to, you know, save a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I know that's something. I guess what, what is you it, got the paper? Yeah, you got it. I think if you, what is the Sunday paper or something? Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of different ones. Uh, and plus online coupons that you can uh, get. And other before stuff like before we get going, man, uh, we got, I don't know if y'all know, we have a lot of wildfires out here in California right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. huge. Crazy. You know, it's you can kind of see the, the smoky, you know, going around. You know, it's kind of a. Yeah, it's really bad. Hazy, uh, 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 light, yeah. lightish brown, maybe. Yeah, maze. it looks it looks way hazier than normal. Right, and you you know it's been going on for a while, you know, and I hope everybody you know they people been giving them food and they got little help and stuff. But you know yes, we hope we pr- uh, we pray for all of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
you know, just just you know, stay safe and and you know, and get out of the area if, if possible. If you can, if you can, if please possible, go somewhere please, else. You know, and and you know, just stay safe and you know. And say if, boo if you, to Trump for trying to cut funding for the California wildfires because oh, he's got to stick up his ass. He's a piece of work. He's <laughs> he got to stick up his ass because California's trying to vote against him and this that and the other thing, and he ha- doesn't like he that. Doesn't, and so and then he's he, a, you know, he just he just he's just he's a, a big baby. He's a, a horrible human being. He's a big baby. You know he and he know, wants he to talked, cut funding talked, now to California for the wildfires. He talked, he talked federal about funding. black women and stuff like that, calling them dumb and stupid, and basically all. calling them monkeys. I mean, you might as well just be like, might as well just call them monkeys and say they swing you know, from a tree. What the hell's wrong yeah, with people? Shit. You're evil. He's a piece of shit. He has said some horrible things to us, uh, Muslim people and 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 Hispanic people and just all kinds of people. There's these poor people that he's he's just evil. He's evil. Anyway, let's just stop not talking about him. So I got a, um, but but we do wish everybody with the the wildfires to please be safe, right? And we hope everybody's okay and that nobody got hurt ever, like in the in all in all this thing, because that would be horrible. Yeah, there, there's some Extremely. people, and we there's don't, we don't people, want that. Some, it's been some fatalities, which and, and we're sorry to hear that. I yeah. hope uh, animals are okay, and I hope people are okay, and uh, whatever else uh, that there is out there. Trees. I mean, I feel bad for the trees. Even you know what I mean. Just trees are alive too. Yeah, mm. they feel pain. Just you know, maybe not like in the same way we do, but whatever. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But they're still a living organism. Yeah. So that's not good either. And plus, it puts out a lot of smoke into the air, and causes um, respiratory problems and stuff. Like with, there's people nearby and stuff. Or whatever, I don't know. It could cause a lot of issues, especially on the highway. They had some fires that I mean, broke out near the highway. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Anyway, um, I got this thing because our guest is calling in at 310, so we're kind of limited on time here. Mm-hmm. So um, let's see. Uh, first annual Sticky Fest. And I'm so sorry to Greg yeah. Dendron, uh, El Sancho from Sticky Doll, that we were not able to make it this last weekend. That was some. Due to was... unforeseen circumstances that we are not that going to talk about on the air right now that I'm not happy with. Um, prevented us, um, you know, last minute emergency, uh, prevented us from going up there to cover Sticky Fest, which I'm really upset about because we played commercials for this since he got us the commercials. He got, you know, we had him on the show, uh, to talk about it. Um, you know, we've been promoting the hell out of this since it, it was first inception, you know, it's inception of, in like friggin' like July or, or you know august or whatever you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i would be talking to him about this forever and i feel really bad that we weren't able to make it so but we're not going to go into all that uh first annual sticky fest presented by greg gendron and sticky doll has come and gone but it's safe to say it was a success especially right. when you think about it being a diy do-it-yourself punk and metal fest the lineup was stacked and the location and crowd were perfect uh, early in the day, pre-doors, there were a few hiccups which were promptly addressed and resolved by the time 29 Palms band Dirt Boys hit the stage at 2 p.m. So they had some really good bands. They had Dirt Boys, UU, uh, which like they did some covers of like Nirvana, Rage Against the Machine, Marilyn Manson, stuff like that. Uh, the Wasteheads, uh, Ormus, uh, Instigator... Let's see. They had some uh, throw the goat. (laughs) 
Uh, that's a good name for a band, Throw the Goat. Um, so they had some really good Mega Sun, De Facto, Sleazy Cortez, and Sticky Doll. And uh, if I missed any names, I'm sorry. Uh, but there was a lot of bands that played. There was like um, like 12 bands or something that played. And somebody played after Sicky Doll, I believe. And, but Sicky Doll was like the headliner, basically, of that whole thing. But it was a success, and that's wonderful. And there was a piece in the Coachella Valley Weekly. So go to CoachellaValleyWeekly.com and look at the first inaugural Sticky Fest is a success at, um, article. So CV Weekly. All right. Congratulations, Greg. Congratulations, Greg. And um, we will have a car by next year, Greg. I'm telling you. Yeah. I will make it happen. We we will make it happen. And we will be there next year. I don't care. We'll have our own damn car in our own way. Anyway, so that's great. And I'm very glad that he, Mm. you know, had that. And, you know, that's great. Um, so anyway, our guest today is Marilee McLean, McLean, I don't know if I'm saying it right, M-A-R-A-L-E-E, and then her last name's M-C-L-E-A-N. Um, she's a child advocate, protective parent, domestic violence expert witness, um, a professional oh, wow. speaker, and an author. Uh, Marilee has contributed many articles for the ABA Child Law Journal, uh, Women's E-News, and other publications on the problems of family courts protecting abused children, uh, domestic violence, and children's rights. Marilee is with the Women's Media Center, uh, WMC. Uh, she she source expert and national partnership to end interpersonal violence. She's an APB speaker bureau and RAIN spe- uh, spe- speaker bureau. Uh, she speaks at conferences, law schools, legal conferences, hospitals, and is a spokesperson for protective mothers. Um, so she's an advocate. Um, she had, I guess her and her, her and her child, um, went through some horrible things where her child was, um, sexually abused. She's calling in right now, but her, her book is called prosecuted, but not silenced. Hi, Marilee. Yes. Jennifer. Yes. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Hi. Uh, well, I'm fine. How are you? Good. Welcome to Jenny's Real Talk on the Block on LA Talk Radio. So did I call you Jenny? Yes, sure. Why not? Okay. That's okay. what, you know, if, I've, if you use a friend now, I've read all about this. So <laughs> um, I was <laughs> I was introducing you and telling them a little bit. a little bit louder? I, I can barely oh, I'm sorry. hear you. Uh, I was telling them a little bit about you as, um, you know, as what you do and what we were going to be mm-hmm. talking about today. Uh, about your book, uh, Prosecuted But Not Silenced. Okay. And um, about you being an advocate for children. And um, and uh, and I was telling them a little bit about you and what you do. Okay. Sounds great. So um, what for, uh, I don't want to say this. Um, what is your That's book, okay. ab- what is your book about and what, uh, brought you to write this book? Well, are we on now? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, it is, uh, the emotional story is in the book, so it, it starts out with what happened in my case, which is very prevalent. Um, there are thousands of these cases, literally nationwide and internationally as well. 
And I started writing my book because I saw the court system failing my daughter, who was sexually abused by her father, and no way to protect her. And mm-hmm. so I started documenting everything Whoa. that was happening. And I wanted her to have the truth of, of what was going on in case something happened to me in the meantime. So really, it was kind of twofold. And then by the time I really started writing it, uh, it became a therapeutic, therapeutic tool for myself for uh, just going through it and writing everything down. I think it was a good, I, I mean, I didn't plan it that way, but it did, it did help me a lot too. So it helped a lot of other people out there, a lot of women going through the same thing. And most of these cases are domestic violence cases that move into the abuse of the women and their children. Mm-hmm. And um, how did, how long did you, did your case go on or, you know? Oh, I was involved in this for, over, um, well, went on forever. It, you think it never ends. But I was in court for 10 years fighting to protect her. And um, oh. the abuse came out at about age two as uh, when uh, I had full custody of her. Um, I divorced him when she was six months old. We've been married for eight years. I was in a domestic violence marriage, and I got out very carefully, not knowing in those days uh, how, you know, how careful you had to be because you didn't have the documentation or the books or the knowledge that's out there today, the internet or any of that. So um, I thought that women had to be beaten to death to be domestically abused. I didn't understand coercive control, stalking, emotional abuse, psychological abuse, or any of the other stuff, that financial abuse that was going on. And um, I got out very carefully because I, I just intuitively knew I needed to do that. And when I left him, um, that's where it really, I mean, he treated me horribly during my pregnancy. And a lot of times these men that are abusers, it's when you're, the woman's pregnant is when the worst part comes out from these men. And, and that's when it did for me. And then I, within six months, I filed for a divorce. And then I, um, within two years, he had very limited visitation. And he, uh, my daughter came home from a visit with him and described sexual contact by him, disclosed it. And I was like in shock because that was another thing that I'd never, I'd never been around. I came from a really great family background and you just didn't hear about sexual abuse back then either. So I was in shock and I, I called my sister who was a nurse at Children's Hospital and I said, Les, um, you know, this is what she said, my daughter said, and, and Amy said, and what do you think? And she said, just Ask her in the morning after she goes to bed tonight, after the morning, what happened. And if she repeats the same story, don't mention her father's name and take her to her pediatrician. If she repeats that, which she did, and I took her to the pediatrician, and then that's where they notified social services, mm. and that's where my nightmare began because um, my daughter was in therapy, and uh, the therapist had stated she was being abused, and um, lots of friends had witnessed this behavior, and the daycare provider was the one that really brought it to my attention and that my daughter had also told. So um, I ended up with her going into visitations with, with, he has supervised visits at this time at social services. And I'm met by a GAL, which is a guardian line for the child, a lawyer for the child, and she meets me with disdain. I mean, she just pure hatred. And I'm thinking, wow, this is weird. And then... Um, I'm watching him through a window, you know, while he's with my little girl, the social worker sitting there with him. And he's like the perfect father. 
Mm-hmm. He's charming. He's educated. He's good looking. And it's not like what people thought, like the blue man behind the bush or the stranger, you know, that you don't want to believe a father would do this to their own child. But today we know um, that a lot of the more prevalent cases are familial. So at this mm-hmm. point, um, the GAL comes up to me and says, I have uh, four things I want to discuss with you. And I think, well, that's okay. I can deal with this. And and I go into this room, and I just had hired an attorney the day before. And I go into this room, and I was interrogated, like nothing I've ever seen on TV before, no law show or anything. It was like, why would your daughter continue to say this if you weren't coaching her? Well, maybe because maybe it's going on. And the next comment would be, I'm going to have you do a psychological evaluation. I'm going to have you do it. And I said, well, good. And I said, maybe we'll get to the bottom of this. And she points her finger at my face and says, and maybe we'll find out about you. And I'm thinking, wow. And then I said, what about Dr. Baker's report? Because I had just read it maybe two days before that. And she stated that my daughter had been exposed to sexual stimuli and was being sexually abused by her dad. She actually had tears in her eyes. And I'm thinking, well, here's a professional telling me absolutely this is going on. And so, um, but I already believed my daughter at this point. There was nothing that could have changed my mind to the things she was saying and what was happening to her. Mm. So they um, had planned it before I even walked in. The father was in there and the social workers and uh, the GAL, which is the guardian line, the lawyer for the child. And she says, this is parental alienation syndrome. And I'm thinking, parental alienation? <laughs> I've been over backwards for this man to be in her life. I had a great relationship with my own father, and I wanted her to have a chance to have the same. She goes, this child's going into foster care. She had a foster care home lined up before I walked in that morning. Mm-hmm. And my daughter's mm-hmm. never been away from me. I was the sole caretaker of her. And I went into another room, Jenny, and I laid my head down on a desk, and I cried as if I had died. I mean, I wasn't going oh. to show too much emotion, because if you show too much emotion, they'll say, look, it's emotionally, and after we've got to take the child from her. Mm-hmm. And if, I, you know, if you don't show emotion, well, then you're cold. So, you know, I just, I, I sobbing. Of course, I'm going to sob. I just lost my baby. And I couldn't even, I, I remember a social worker coming up to me and tapping me on the back of the shoulder and saying, you can go say goodbye to your daughter now. And I couldn't even walk. I got up. My legs were shaking. I couldn't even feel my legs. And it was um, a great mess around me. So I know I wasn't shocked. And I'm walking down this hallway and they all are going, look at her. Look at her. She can't handle it. She can't say goodbye to her daughter. And I said, oh, yes, I can. And then I just kind of put my arm out to the side and I went in and told my little girl I had to go to work. And she knew we were going roller skating that day, that I wasn't going to work. And they had the police mm-hmm. escort me out of the building. Mm-hmm. And I drove 100 miles an hour to Dr. Baker's office. And I got there, my makeup was all over my face. And she goes, what the heck happened to you? And I said, they just took her from me. You know the truth. You fight for us. And she said, oh, my God, I had an idea they would do something like this. And I told them, absolutely not. And so, you know, it, this is why I, why I talk about this and I bring this out. And I don't even want to discuss my case anymore because there's so many thousands of these cases. But it's a way to get the word out there to what's happening because they're mm-hmm. all the same cases. Right. I testified before Congress on this issue with 10 other mothers from across the nation from every mm-hmm. walk of life. It didn't matter whether you were an attorney, a doctor, where you were coming from, you're losing your child. And when there's sexual abuse allegations, and there's domestic violence going on. The judges are throwing this information out of the courtroom, and it's rampant. I get calls every day from women all across the nation going through the exact same thing. Mm. So I was mm. unable to protect my daughter. Mm. That's sad. Mm. Um, I mean, I've been through similar type of stuff over the years myself. Um, 
especially with my Sorry with to hear my that. with my child, my child, my son. But um, so I know how, what you're going through, and that was um one of the reasons that I chose you when I got the email from Marianne. Mm-hmm. She's great. Yes, yeah, she She's is. Been really good. But she, uh, and I read through it, and I was reading some of your book, and it touched a, a part of me. Sorry. So are you there? Are you? Yeah. yeah. So it it um, really made me want to connect with uh, with you and to talk about your situation and to talk about your book and. Uh, what you're doing is really helping people. Well, I, 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 I'm given the best I can. I mean, I deal with this every day. As I said, I get calls from women all across the nation every single day of my life, the last 25 years, and it's it's gut wrenching. I mean, I living it like you, you know, and and seeing the way the system's failing and the court system is a systematic failure that these abusers are um, going to court. In the best interest of the child, it's the parent that's more able to nurture the relationship with the other parents. And obviously, if that mother believes her child or knows that her child is being sexually abused or abused, is not going to want to nurture that relationship. And the judges are not looking because a family court is not an evidentiary hearing, and criminal court is. So where criminal court these crimes are heard, but you have to be able to prove them beyond a reasonable doubt. Right. Family court, you go in there and it's who, whose best interest. Well, this is not in a child's best interest to put a child with a perpetrator or mm. to say that you, you are forced to live with this abuser. I mean, mm. even if our Catholic priests that have raped children, they, they, you know, it's horrific crime, as we all know, but they don't, you know, it's not like years and years of the same child being raped over and over and having to live with that Catholic priest. These children are forced to live with their abuser, right. and the trauma is insurmountable. I mean, they know what it does to the brain, how it changes the chemical in the brain, and and the way that women are treated in our court system is infallible. I can't even imagine. I mean, we here we are fighting for equal rights and. Mm-hmm. and saying we want equal pay. But all those women fighting for equal pay, if you came in and ripped their children out of their arms when they're being hurt and traumatized, no equal pay would mean anything. It would, of course, it, because that's the only way you're going to pay for your court costs. But what I'm saying is we need all women out there fighting this and understanding mm-hmm. that this could happen to them. If it happens to all the women that I've seen it happen to, it can happen to any of us. And that means it's, a, it's an issue for women not... You, you, here we're looking at this... Let's look at the sexual assault and what's gone on with that and the Me Too movement. That's taken forever to even come to the where it is now. Or all mm-hmm. survivors in the United States. If we want to look at all these survivors, we know there's, a, there's millions of survivors that have been sexually assaulted. They're coming out when they're 50s or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yet, we don't want to listen to the children today and we, and we aren't protecting them. We have lots of ways to protect these children. And the fact is, it's not happening. And then the women, too, because I see these women that are really educated. They're, you know, have great jobs and they lose everything going to court like this. They lose 
I mean, I, when I went through court, I was in court for 10 years, went through hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees. I was in court not for a day at a time or two days at a time. I was in court for weeks at a time mm. and months at a time. And they would, you know, they would steal the courtroom and um, try to hide all the evidence. So they, they had a lot of news media in my case. And so when the news would come in, they didn't want the news media to get my case. So they actually talked openly in the courtroom about taking the case number off the file so the news media couldn't get it and um, put a gag order on me, which is to keep me from talking or going to the media. I already had tons of media coverage. Mm. And, and then, um, you know, just trying to stop. They, they punish these women, and I was one of them as far as they're bankrupt because you're ordered to pay all court costs. In order to pay that father's attorney's fees higher than your attorney's fees, or he was ever to pay uh, higher, higher child support. I paid child support. So I'm saying these women are paying child support, and it's usually higher fees than the father ever paid them. So in, in other words, they just try to bankrupt you and to shut you up. And so a lot of these women today are on Facebook, and they're told to take their Facebook pages down, that they're not allowed to put out there what's going on. It's really a hidden last taboo is the way I see it. And mm-hmm. it's the most damaging thing I've ever seen as far as allowing this to go on in our society today and know what, what happens and the trauma and what it does to the brain of the child and, and the cost of society. We've got the ACE research study, Adverse Childhood Experiences, that was done by Dr. Vincent Valetti in the early 80s. And that testing will show that this is where our drug addiction, alcoholism, um, you know, PTSD, anxiety, heart disease, we, you name it. And, and we don't want to take a look at this issue and, and try and, and curtail it and, and make sure the courts are doing the right thing by these children. Yeah, it's awful. Mm. Wow. That's just, that's, a, that's crazy. Yes, and I don't, you know, mm. and what she's been through with her daughter, that's, you know, I sim- I can't imagine that. You know, just I'm sorry for what you guys went through. I can't imagine nothing like that. Yeah. And you have to fight. You know, every you know all that. You know, and then like she said, it seemed like it's on purpose for the to them to bankrupt them to shut them up. Well, a lot of well, that mean. is on purpose, and and I and I do believe. I mean, you know. I am a feminist, but, but I still love men, and we need all the good, loving men to come forward. And the fact is, is that you have to believe a lot of this is paternal control, male entitlement. You know, it, women have to go to a higher standard to prove that they're a good mother than a father does. And we have new, new society. Right now, we're fighting for 50-50 in every state. So automatically, to give these men 50-50 custody when they're an abuser, well, that's that's totally just wrong. You know, if you've abused your child or raped your child, you lost that right. right. You're damaging that child. But yet mm. we we want to pass that in every state. It looks great on paper. That's for parents that know how to work this out and aren't hurting their children. Right. But, you exactly. know, really what it goes into is that parental alienation I was telling you about. And parental alienation syndrome, I, I, I could go into this a little bit with you, but it's what it is, is Dr. Richard Gardner started parental alienation syndrome in the early 80s. So all these women started losing custody due to PAS, parental alienation syndrome. And it's debunked. It's not approved by the American Medical Association or the Psychological Association. However, it's still out there and they're still using it. And this guy self-published his book and sent his book to every court in the nation. And in it, it states we all have some pedophilia within us. 
It makes little girls and little boys their sexual partners. That, you know, um, that we need to let these people come out of the closet and choose whom they want to love. It's God's will. This is pretty sick stuff. That sounds like a load of hooey. He actually committed suicide maybe nine years ago, stabbed himself in the upper part of his chest. But his theory that it's so sick is still out there and going strong. So a lot of these guys, the other night there was a show with Lisa Lang um, on CNN on Principal Your Nation. And honestly, I almost came out of my, I was so sick seeing that piece because she just set women and children back another 20 years, um, mm. decades of fighting to turn this around and, and social, it's a big social change. But we've got a lot of fathers' rights out there and, and what they're doing is they get funding. They get government funding. There's fathersrights.gov, but there is no mother's Dot gov, but there is fathers.gov, and that was started in the 90s, around Clinton time, and he kind of vetoed it through, but, but the bottom line is, not just the money, it's the fact that these guys, now I'm not saying they're all abusers, because they're not, and there are parents that are alienated that should be alienated, and there are women that do horrific things, but that's not what we're talking about here, we're talking about abuse, and when you use alienation, and the father you know, is abusing that child. He knows to go in and say, the mom's alienating me from the child. And they use that term as a weapon against the mother to lose custody. Mm. The women are losing custody because of the best interest of the child. They're not going to nurture that relationship. So she's alienating the father. So that mother loses their child to the abuser. Mm. Epidemic numbers. That's just ridiculous. Mm. Well, hopefully you got this more um, women in the Senate now, maybe being in, like in the House of Representatives, maybe there could be some legislation to help. You know, I remember you were saying earlier that you talked to Congress. Maybe if you go back, maybe with the more women in the Congress, maybe in the House of Representatives, maybe they can. Yeah, I hope that. so. I, th- yeah. I, I agree with you on that. I hope that can help. And, and there are laws that can help and legislation, but it's really more of a social change and it's more of education and training for judges, lawyers, psychologists, social workers. But That's that, why my book is a great book for this because mm-hmm. it does really a tough read, but it, and people read it in two days, but it's an emotional story. And then behind it is the research and the legal. So, you know, it, it is an educational mm-hmm. tool for those people, judges, lawyers, psychologists, social workers, and custody evaluators, anybody involved in the system. And the general public to know what's going on. So that's the purpose of that. But it is going to take legislation. And there are, um, in California right now, there's an organization called California Protective Parents Association that has been putting out Resolution 73, which is the safety of the child first. And also there's a, a man out east that is an attorney that's been pushing the state's child act so that you don't just go by the best interest of the child you look at domestic violence and the safety of the children first, and that's what needs to happen. And that is not what's happening. Yeah, you figure that would be some common sense. You know, you don't give uh, a victim to the <laughs> abuser. It's like, huh? That's shocking. I mean, why do we have to put that in a law? It don't you even make sense to me. Yeah. Common sense, right? Yes. You, you just absolutely, you know, if that information is coming into the court and a child is stating what's happening to them and our police reports and my daughter's case there were three police reports hospital reports doctor's reports the doctors wrote a letter the top doctor in the state of colorado from the child advocacy and protection team wrote a letter to my judge stating um to please contact them concerning the sexual abuse of this child and he threw it out 
I mean, it, it, it blew my mind that this could actually go on. And my daughter would say to me, Mommy, how come no one believes me, Mommy? Why do I have to go back to my dad? And she'd say more than that, of course. And she couldn't comprehend. How could she? Why, why was this little girl telling everybody that she thought should protect her what was happening to her and still be forced to go live with her abuser and then be taken from me entirely? I ended up in supervised visits for eight years as a hardened criminal, but I got to see her one hour a week because I wouldn't stop fighting to protect her. You know, I think that um, a lot of these women that end up in supervised visits, they can't afford to stay in them. And so it's very expensive and it's the most, it's, it's worse than going to court. And you know how hard court is if you've been there. So it, this, this going to a supervised visit and watching your child suffer and not be able to take them home is like the worst torture you can imagine. And it's horrible for them too. But they know you're fighting for them and they know that you haven't abandoned them. It's not that you abandoned them, but a lot of women just can't stay in there. And for the moms out there that I, I deal with that battered mothers conference, I go to that every year it's in Albany, New York. And a lot of women come from all over the nation and they're scraping and borrowing to get there. And, you know, they look to me for answers. We, you know what? You can't stop fighting. Number one, you can never, ever give up. And you need to let that child know you're there fighting. Because I think that was the reason my daughter was able to hang on, because she knew I was never giving up. And I know these other children know that, too. Sometimes these, the fathers are able or capable of completely Stockholm Syndrome and brainwashing them to the point that they don't even want to be with their moms anymore. They take abused animals from their abusers. Mm-hmm. They take the animals oh, yeah. away. But they won't take the children away? Jeez. I, th- yeah. I think a lot of these judges, I, uh, shocking, I, think, isn't it? I think a lot of these judges and so lawyers are child abusers this. themselves. I, you know, they so might be or, or, or thinking that it's okay with so, it. Sorry. I, I was just saying some of these judges mm-hmm. and lawyers are, might be child molesters themselves and think it's okay oh, and, and are in, in, in advocating it for you. I'm just, I'm just saying because mm-hmm. there's people in upper level authority that are twisted and evil so I wouldn't put it past them. Well, I mean, you're, you're right. Priests, this goes all the come way on. To the top. It's I mean, think about just, priests. You know. People that people right. trust their priests. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's all the way to the top. Yeah. And, and that is part of the reason I think it's so hard, even like to get this out of the media. Now, I have lots of media coverage and CNN International News covered my case heavily and did a really great program on parental alienation. And they did a super job. But what's really sad is these other cases aren't getting covered. And I really think it's just, you know, until this gets to the media, until the media picks up with this, you know how we don't get changes in society about anything, or you don't even know what's going on across the world half the time, unless it's through the media. And if Mm -hmm. the media doesn't pick this up, it's just not going to go anywhere. It's going to keep being swept under the carpet where nobody knows what's going on. And that's, that's the heartbreak. That's why I wanted That's you on my show. You've got to have change. <laughs> so I wanted you I on know, my show. Thank you for doing that. I wanted thank to put the much. word out there about about all of this and that it's wrong and it needs to be fixed. Exactly. And, and it isn't. And, and when people think, well, that's happening to that family over there or that family over there, like I explained with the ACE study, the adverse childhood experiences, that is billions of dollars to society. I don't go into the money side of this so much, but it's billions oh, to yeah. society to deal with the trauma of what these children are going through because we don't want to look at it. We don't want to train our judges and our psychologists and our social workers on how to handle these type of cases that 
they need to know that a lot of times these abusers are mastermind manipulators. And, mm-hmm. and for instance, my ex was very smart and he, um, you know, I used to say he was a cross between a narcissist, a psychopath, and a sociopath because <laughs> you really couldn't divide which one he was from one day to the next. Mm. They can't see through that stuff. That's what's scary. That is scary. Mm. Wow, that's just um, get that. Man. That's what I'm saying. It's it's crazy that um, all these different people have had to go through this. You know. And oh, we're talking thousands and thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. I'd say it's in the hundreds. That's crazy. We have 58,000 children a year that are forced to go live with their abuser. 58,000. Oh and that God. study was done probably 10 years ago. So I believe that number is much higher than that. Hmm. That's just amazing that that has happened that many times. Yeah, we um we we please people, you know, um if, if you get help if you if you're going through some stuff, uh please talk to someone, you know, if 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 something's going on, please tell somebody, you know, and and I guess talking about it hopefully, you know, somebody that 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 needs to hear it hears it and and something is done about it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's things that we can do. It's like do a separate court for this, just like they have for VA, you know, veterans, um, or or they've got to do something where you know there's a, a, a whether it's advocacy centers. Those are good places for the children to go, but it has to be, you know, a lot of the rural areas won't even have advocacy centers. So where they have forensic testing. And, and they get videotapes right away, so they have everything on record right away. And mm-hmm. I tell moms and that when their children are being abused, um, you know, don't just put that out there. Like, there's only 2% of false allegations. So if our courts aren't listening to this, 98% of the other children are going to their abusers. So mm-hmm. really, these women are not making false allegations. They're coming in good faith, and yet, you know, they're coming because their children are telling them or they're displaying the behavior or saying whatever. But if you're not sure and you don't have doctor's reports and you don't have police reports, you're not proof of that evidence of what's going on, you do not bring this forward. You better be darn sure it's going on, you know, mm. because you can't afford to go into court and try and fight this thing. I had tons of evidence and proof. And that's what I did in my book is I put all the doctor's reports and police reports behind it and the judge's orders so that when you're reading my book, you go, well, that couldn't happen. They couldn't do that. And they'll say, go to appendix B or A or C. And all that information is there to back up everything I'm saying. And I think that's the one thing I tell women when they're in the middle of this is to get a big black binder, like a legal binder, mm-hmm. and put all your documents in, a, in an order and um, not, you know, frivolous stuff. It has to be important information. And so when you're going to talk to an attorney to try to get an attorney, maybe you don't have any money left, so you need to go pro bono for you and work for free. Or when you're going to talk to a governor or a legislator or a senator or congressman, whatever you're going to talk to somebody, you have it together. You have all your ducks in a row. You have it articulated and have it put together perfectly in order to get this information out. Mm. Right. And be accountable and trans, you know, transparency and what's going on. Because that's what we don't have is accountability and transparency in the courtroom. They pretty much, judges um, can rule in family court, 
they can rule, you know, they don't have any kind of, um, I forgot, I'm trying to think of the word I'm trying to use. I can't think of it. But um, they can, they pretty much have their own rulings to where they can go. Like there isn't a, oh my gosh, I can't think of the word. It starts with an R if you could help me. But it's just sad because there has to be, they, they're on the bench for two years and then they rotate off. Mm. So they're not trained in domestic violence or child abuse. And they're leaving it up to a custody evaluator or a social worker or a psychologist, therapist, whatever. But a lot of these people are not trained in this issue or they do not understand parental alienation or they don't understand, you know, the manipulation that's going on behind the scenes. So a lot of that. And the children should be able to come in and testify. I believe when they're old enough and they're, they're speaking the way they're speaking, let them come in and talk to the judge. Right. You know, let them tell what's happening to them. Oh, that's that's why you're an advocate for the di- separate court types because of all the the different scenarios of uh, child abuse and the sexual abuse of it and what is needed. You know, that's why. It, well, right. Well, you know, it's a crime. I mean, yeah. if if uh, if Jenny or I were raped, that would be in criminal court. But a child being raped by their own father stays in family court. That should be in that's criminal court. Crazy. I think it should be criminal. It should be. I don't care if that's. I don't care if it's the mother, the father, the uncle, the you know, the best friend who comes over every Friday. It doesn't matter, and that's the difference. If it is the uncle or stranger on the street, they may go to jail, but a father, mm -mm -mm, they do not go to jail. Yeah, which is wrong. I have a mom in California right now. Her husband was in prison for raping a little seven-year-old girl. Oh, wow. Got out of prison and got her seven-year-old little girl. And wow. supposedly there's abuse going on, and she has never been able to stop it. So I mean, it's I mean, wow. it's it's amazing. It doesn't mean you know, and and the mothers that are there are moms that are abusive, but the, we're looking at the real structure here. It's the percentages. Mm. I mean, in domestic violence cases, yeah, there there are women that are abusers. Mm-hmm. But the real statistics, way prevalent men, right? Yeah. And the same thing as children being raped. I'm sure there are women that do this too, but it's way prevalent the other direction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Probably more than likely. Right. Uh, yeah. Well. Um, we've been talking today uh, here on Jane's World Talk on the Block with uh, Marilee McLean. Um, with her book Prosecuted But Not Silenced. And we've been talking about um, parents who ha- deal with uh, their significant other molesting their child and then the courts take them away from them and then put them back with the the molester. So, and, and what we can do to maybe fight against this and to help bring light to the subject to you know, shine a light on it, to so that more people will come out and talk about it and and help with it and advocate for it, you know, to get more control over this, to make it so that it st- this stops, that the cycle stops, make it so that the yeah, children, and it is you know, and it is just that. I mean, it's it's I call this the last taboo. You know, mm. people got upset with Sandusky, the the coach that raped the boys, and oh, they get upset yes. about Catholic priests. Horrible. But the biggest crime of all is happening in our family courts when these children are not being protected. Right. So, you know, it, it does take a lot of people to get the, this changed, and it takes a lot of work, and it takes a lot of media and writing and 
advocating and speaking, and that's what I do because I, I, I know that my daughter and my case is over. I mean, it's never really over because she's still going through a lot because mm, of this. Goodness. But I'm not out here. I, the only reason I even go into my case is to give the background of what's happening to the cases that are happening today, and right. something's got to be done. If this had just been my case and nobody else had gone through this, you go, okay, bad systems, went, something went wrong, blah, blah, you'd have to live with it. No, we're talking thousands and thousands of these cases. Well, I want to thank you very much, Marilee, for, for calling in today and for being on our show and for being an advocate Absolutely. for these families and these kids. And uh, just thank you for everything that you're doing. Well, you're Never give welcome. Up. And make make sure people go to Amazon.com to get my book or Barnes yes, & Noble definitely. or any bookstores. And it's um, you can also go to, it's Prosecuted But Not Silent, Courtroom Reform for Sexually Abused Children. You don't have mm-hmm. to put that in. And my name is Marilee McClain. And my website is www.marilee, M-A-R-A-L-E-E, McClain, M-C-L-E-A-N.com. Yes. Uh, and uh, where can they find you on social media? You know, I'm everywhere. I uh, pretty much that my that's my website. I'm on Facebook. Um, I have my book page, which is prosecuted but not silent. And um, I don't really do Instagram. I guess I should, but I don't. <laughs> um, and I'm working with an organization called Moms Fight Back, where we're putting together um, more information on this to try to get help on what's going on. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling in today. Uh, you've been a wonderful thank guest. Thank you for having me. You're thank welcome. you. welcome. And I hope you're very successful you in your too. endeavors. Thanks. All you right. guys have a good day. Right. I'm sorry you, you too. went through this. You too. And thank for you. all those listeners out there, you know, they've got to really fight. they got to get out yes. there with their voices. I agree. Okay. You guys have a good evening. All right. Thanks you for too. Calling. Thank you thank so you. much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. That was uh, Marilee McLean, uh, McLean um, author. Uh, prosecuted but not silenced. Uh, that was a deep subject, so yeah, it was. Uh, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Right this second, let's move on. Um, we only have a few minutes left till the broadcast is over, anyway. So uh, we have some things coming up. Let's see uh, who's next week's guest, just so we know what's going on. I have oh, it's Turkey Day. We have dark entries. Uh, so next week is uh, Wednesday, November 21st. Um, so it's the day before Turkey Day. So um, happy, you know, so upcoming you, Turkey Day. You can gobble some genies real talk on the block. Yeah. <laughs> that just sounds really, really nasty. <laughs> That's naughty. Anyway, uh, we have two bands coming on next week. Uh, we have a two-hour broadcast. So um, first hour is going to be dark entries. And then the second hour is Jabbermouth. All right. And um, so it's going to be great. Yes. And Jabbermouth is going to be uh, releasing their um, new EP or album or whatever they have um, that they put out. Uh, so that's going to be awesome. Right. I can very looking looking very forward to hearing their new music. So uh, that's going to be um, released next week on the show. All right. And Dark Entries will be playing their music as well. Cool. So, it's gonna be a lot of lots fun. of good music. Two hour broadcast the day before Turkey Day. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then go to our uh, Get Real Global Entertainment page. Uh, it's Get Real Global Entertainment LLC. 
on Facebook. Um, we're Get Real Global on uh, Instagram and Get Real Global R1 on uh, Twitter. So go there and you can find our concert schedule. I've been putting it up all over the place. I need to put up put it up on. I need to put up a uh, a new one on. I have some added dates now. All right. Uh, let's see. Tomorrow night at the Five Star Bar in downtown Los Angeles. Shout out to Five Star Bar and Marco Cordova. What's up? Five um, Star. Five Star Bar. Thirty Main. Tomorrow night at th- uh, Thursday, November fifteenth at the Five Star Bar. We will have Ring of Leaders as the headliner. They're going to be on from 11.45 p.m. to 12.45 a.m. We got Pro Land. Uh, They're going to play their funky, funkadelic style. Uh, Ring of Leaders is hard rock, so that's going to be awesome. Pro Land is like hard rock and funk. Uh, They're 10.45 to 11.30. Grandpa's Nuts is on from 10 to 10.30. Baron D'Avril. Is on from 9.15 to 9.45. And then I need one more band from 8.30 to 9. So if you're a band and you want to be on our show tomorrow night, uh, Thursday, 11.15 at the Five Star Bar, and you want to come on from like 8.30 to 9 or 8 to 9, let me know. Hit me up, 818-406-1742. It's 818-406-1742. If you are a band or know a band, anybody that's available to play tomorrow night, that would be great. All right. Uh, or you can email me at getrealglobalent, like entertainment, at gmail.com. Getrealglobalent at gmail.com. So, and then next uh, Saturday, uh, November 24th, right after, um, what, two days after Turkey Day, we are going to have at the Universal, Universal Bar and Grill. We're going to have the Night Enders, No Service, Southpaw, Every other year and anti polished. Hmm. And then we got a show Thursday, November 29th, Universal Bar and Grill. I'm looking for bands uh, to fill those slots. I have Marauder on from 10 to 10 30. Uh, that's the Animal King guy. Oh. The guitars from the right, last right, weekend. right. I remember him. Uh-huh, yeah. So he's Hell gonna yeah. Yeah, he's going to, it's his band. Right. His band. right. Well, so Marauder, playing. they're going to play 10 to 10 30. So I need four bands uh, to hit me up. I have spots. That's Thursday, 11 29 at the Universal Bar and Grill. Then I have Saturday, uh, December 1st, Universal Bar and Grill at the Whining Pussies. <laughs> On from 10 to 10.30. Um, I have some other bands I'm looking at. Whining Pussies are sending me some bands. So uh, that, that uh, we're, But, you know, if you're a punk rock band, punk rock only, maybe metal might be, might be uh, you know, accepted. But punk rock, preferably. And you want to play Saturday, December 1st, the Universal Bar and Grill. Hit me up. And then I have Friday, December 7th at the Five Star Bar. We got Black Pearl Light, Southpaw, 22 Salute, Ninja Gandhi, and the Night Enders. And then I have a full open show Wednesday, December 19th, the Universal Bar and Grill. I need bands for that as well. So I have five spots. Count them five. That's Wednesday. December 19th, Universal Bar and Grill. Hit me up if you're a band. Um, I don't know. Any type of rock, hit me up. Sunday, December 23rd at Five Star Bar. Uh, Vidmace, uh, Sheerlust, Caesar Cardona, and Stag Sleep. I have one more band I need for that. That's the headliner spot. 1145 
p.m. to 12.45 a.m. And then sat, finally rounding it off, Saturday, December 29th at the Five Star Bar. With Pro Land has the headliner. And then Black Pearl Light before that. Devang. Yeah. Devang is playing for an hour that night. Hell yeah. Just, uh, 9.30 to 10.30, Devang's going to be on. So if you're a Devang fan. Fuck yeah. I you know, am. Raw Snap, Dat Nguyen, Phil Nguyen, uh, any guys from, uh, you know, from Devang, uh, come on out and see him on Saturday, December 29th after they get back from Vietnam. Oh. They are a Vietnam- Vietnamese heavy metal band. The only one that's not Vietnamese is Raw Snap, the drummer. Uh, and then Anti-Polished is going to play before that. And then Marauder opens the whole thing off mm. from 8 to 8.30. So we got a pretty rounded, uh, you know, different shows with different types of bands. And, you know, we want to see how this all works. So if you're a band and you want to play at some of our shows, hit us the hell up. 818-406-1742. Or email me at getrealglobalent at gmail.com. And if you fucking know me, then you've seen our ads on everywhere. So I uh, want to thank our guest for today for being on. She was a great guest, uh, Marilee McLean. And uh, it was a very deep subject. So if any of you kind of had to leave the room, we understand. Because mm-hmm. it's not, uh, it was not for the faint of heart. And maybe I should have warned you ahead of time what was about to go down. And, I, and I'm sorry for that. But that was a very deep subject. And uh, it affects a lot of people in America, unfortunately. That's why it's, that's that's why it's called Jenny's Real Talk. Yeah. So we'll, uh, you know, keep it a little lighter next week, okay? We're going to have some bands on. We're going to have some fun the day before Thanksgiving. So it's going to be a great time. Come on back next week, 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Jenny's Real Talk on the block. L.A. Talk Radio Channel 1. Be there or be square, as my grandparents used to say. No, man. I think I said it when I was a teenager. Anyway, Me I'm just too. kidding. Anyway, I still say it. Shh, don't tell anyone. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week here for Dark Entries and Jabbermouth. Be prepared to listen to some mind-blowing tunes. We'll be see you next week. Ta-ta. Bye. Oh, see you next week. Oh, one more thing before I go. What? Go see Soul Rising, the pop rock band, on November 30th at the Viper Room. Don't, don't you got to go. You got to go there. It's amazing. Before I go, I just have to say that. Pop rock band Soul Rising with Michael McBay and the rest of the amazing band. You've got to check them out. November 30th, they're the headliners at the Viper Room in West Hollywood. Go check it out. And again, be there or be square. <laughs> oh, and go check out Scooney G on Saturday oh. at the Cabo Wabo Cantina. Oh. Scooney G and his wonderful band of children from the Kids Rock Studio will be performing this Saturday at the Cabo Wabo Cantina on November 17th. So be be there, be square as well. And uh, shout out VIP, uh, how do I say that? RIP. RIP to my mother. Today would have been her birthday and she would have been 76. So. Oh, okay. Shout out to mom, wherever you are. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Wherever you are. (laughs) Anyway, we're out till next week. (laughs) I mean it this time, I swear to God. Anybody else have anything to say before we go? No. No. Have a nice day. Bye. Ta-ta. We'll see you next Wednesday. <laughs> if I can find the music. Hold on one second. <gasps>
irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio.